Let us continue with Daniel chapter 2, verse 46 through 49. Then the king Nebuchadnezzar fell upon his face and worshipped Daniel, and commanded that they should offer an oblation and sweet odors unto him. The king answered unto Daniel and said, Of a truth it is that your God is a God of gods and a Lord of kings, and a revealer of secrets, seeing thou couldst reveal the secret. Then the king made Daniel a great man, and gave him many great gifts, and made him ruler over the whole province of Babylon, and chief of the governors over all the wise men of Babylon. Then Daniel requested of the king, and he set Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego over the affairs of the province of Babylon, but Daniel sat in the gate of the king. It would be surprising if someone correctly guessed a nightmare and its future outcome. However, people these days probably wouldn't worship someone just for interpreting such dreams. Nebuchadnezzar, despite his arrogance, feared God more than any ruler of modern times. More so than any theologian, the Pope, more so than any famous religious figure, or any other man of God. God loves people who love his word, and he receives the brokenhearted. The Bible is very clear that God receives those who come to him brokenhearted because of their sins. Nebuchadnezzar quickly understood the word of God, unlike many who hear it proclaimed today. He worshipped Daniel instead of God, which showed his fear of the word of God and his reverence for people. The Bible mentions that many gifts and sweet odors were offered unto Daniel, but he simply let Nebuchadnezzar bow down to him. When the angel of the Lord appeared to John in the book of Revelation, John quickly bowed down, and the angel of the Lord said, Do not worship me, only worship the Lord. I believe this to be Daniel. I am a servant, prophet like you. Because the Lord told Daniel what was going to happen in the future, but then he told him to seal it up, and then he revealed it unto Apostle John. Daniel should have told Nebuchadnezzar to worship only God, and not him, when the king fell down and worshipped him. Again, Nebuchadnezzar was the greatest king alive back in those days. Of course, God bestowed such power unto him. Daniel did not hesitate to sit at the king's gate. The king's gate means to become the second in command. Then he put Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in charge of the affairs of Babylon as well as himself. And Daniel accepted all sorts of oblations and gifts. In a way, this could be seen as Daniel being tested and failing, as even a man of God can sin. No one is perfect. The Bible says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, in Romans 3 verse 23. And we're going to see what happened to Daniel when he went into the lion's den and almost died. When you read the scripture, you realize that even people who appear to be blameless and righteous in the eyes of man have one or more blemishes. No one is ever perfect. Even Joseph, who was the second in command in Egypt, his deception by hiding the silver cup in Benjamin's money bag and used that to leverage Benjamin as hostage. Take a look at Noah. He was a righteous man in his time, but when he is saved from the flood, as his family and he were the only ones left in the world, feeling like the king, he let himself loose and got drunk and slept naked, ended up cursing Ham. Noah wasn't a perfect man either. And we know from the Bible that no one can claim righteousness apart from the blood of Jesus Christ on the cross. What about David? David was also a perfect man. God says he was perfect except for his sin with Bathsheba as he ended up committing adultery and murder. And what about Moses? He couldn't control his anger. He killed a man and he struck the rock twice 
God told him to speak unto the rock, but the people made Moses so angry that he struck it twice. Sure, the water came out of it, but because of that, Moses couldn't enter the land of Canaan. And what about Paul? The Holy Spirit told him not to go into Jerusalem, but he ignored him four times and went ahead to Jerusalem. Philip's daughters prophesied that Paul would be imprisoned if he went into Jerusalem, but ignored it and went. How about Peter? He made an oath to follow the Lord even unto death, but he denied the Lord three times. Stephen was a perfect obedient man, but when he was martyred, he did not pray for the sinners, but for himself. However, before the Lord died on the cross, he prayed for sinners to be forgiven of their sins and said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. The bottom line is that no one can deny that they are sinner without the blood of Jesus Christ. That's why Jesus said unto the Jews in Matthew 5 verse 48, Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. But we can't be perfect. The only way we can be perfect is through faith in the blood of Jesus Christ because he has taken away all our sins and when we put our full faith in him, that's when we are made perfect. That is the gospel. Out of 10,000 laws, even if I violate one but obeyed 99.99, we have no choice but to fall into hell. Everyone is full of flaws. But who blotted out all flaws and sins? It is Christ who died and rose again for all who believe in Jesus, and we cannot condemn anyone. The Lord has already died and risen for each and every one who believe in Jesus, and we cannot judge anyone. That's why we should also pray for our enemies. The Lord died on the cross for them as well. Jesus first prayed for his enemies, such as the Roman soldiers who crucified him, and then he breathed his last breath. In this way, among those who have appeared on earth, there is none righteous, not even one, except Jesus Christ, who appeared as a man. Romans 3 verse 10, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There was not then, there is not now, and there never will be. And Daniel was no exception. Only the Lord is to be praised. No one else can be exalted, and no one else can be judged. For the Lord has died for them all. Daniel chapter 2 verse 47, the king answered unto Daniel and said, Of a truth it is that your God is a God of gods and a Lord of kings and a revealer of secrets, seeing thou couldst reveal this secret. Nebuchadnezzar had the intellect to immediately know the word of God, but he did not know that the God was his savior. But he knew at once when he heard Daniel speak. He only knew that God is the God of gods. Many people are like that. They claim to believe in God, but don't know why they should believe in Jesus. There are also many people who say, I received God, but not Jesus Christ. That's because they don't know the gospel. Jesus did say in John 14 verse 1, Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In verse 48, they gave gifts and made them rulers. In the past, Balaam received many things from a Gentile king and ended up being rebuked by God. We can see in that scenario, God recompensed. But if we dig deeper, such minor mistake leads into a greater one, starting with the fact that Daniel did not stop Nebuchadnezzar from bowing down and worshiping him. We can once again affirm that only God is righteous. Daniel chapter 3, verse 1, 2, and 3. Nebuchadnezzar the king made an image of gold, whose height was three score cubits and the breadth thereof six cubits. He set it up in the plain of Dura, in the province of Babylon, 
Then Nebuchadnezzar the king sent to gather together the princes, the governors, and the captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, and all the rulers of the provinces to come to the dedication of the image which Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. Then the princes, the governors, and captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, and all the rulers of the provinces were gathered together unto the dedication of the image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. And they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. We just saw in chapter 2, when the king worshipped Daniel, he accepted all the gifts and made this mistake. A picture of, once you fall into sin, you will continue to sin. Here they make a golden image and worship it. And many people claim Daniel must have gone on a business trip. An extraordinary event of bowing down to the golden image was taking place. But where could Daniel, the second in command, go on a business trip? For some reason, I thought Daniel was a perfect person. Daniel can possibly be bowing down to the image. But there is no scripture about whether Daniel bowed down or not. Those who did not bow down were condemned to die. Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were thrown into the fiery furnace because they disobeyed the king's orders. If Daniel hadn't bowed down, he would have fallen in there along with his companions. Considering that Daniel had already made a mistake and sinned in chapter 2 and was later thrown into the lion's den, we must believe absolutely nothing happened without God's permission. We'll go over this later. Had Daniel just bowed his head without realizing it, how would he feel when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego fell into the fiery furnace? Back in the day, famous Korean pastors bowed their heads at the Japanese Shinto shrine worship. And even though they had to go through heavy repentance, it's to show that anyone could commit such sin. During the Korean War, the People's Army came down from the north and threatened to kill anyone for attending church on Sundays. So, out of fear, most people went off to work. Only a few went to the church. The pastor of the church who Pastor Song once served back in the day always wanted to be martyred, while many wrote down notes on the church buildings so that they wouldn't be bombed on June 25, 1950. This pastor didn't put up such signs. And when the People's Army from North told everyone to go to work, he didn't. Instead, he just rang the church bell, but the People's Army did not arrest him. Later in the early morning hours of September 1988, while studying the book of Revelation, the pastor was stabbed in the heart by an assailant and died on the spot. He was finally martyred, just as he wished. He had much respects of Pastor Yang Won Son and Pastor Chu Ki Chul and preached about them a lot. And in the end, God accepted the pastor as a sacrifice of martyrdom. Anyone can sin like Daniel and like the Korean pastors in the past and repent again. So we can't point our fingers at anyone. If Daniel had given in there, we can only imagine the heartache he would have felt, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. In chapter 3 verse 1, Nebuchadnezzar the king made an image of gold. This thing was 60 cubits high and 6 cubits wide. It was built in the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Remember, King Nebuchadnezzar was a type of the Antichrist. He was a great dragon, but 60 cubits, 6 cubits. Note the number 6. There are height, width, and depth of the statue. Usually the width and depth tend to be the same. Hence, it is 60 cubits high, 6 cubits wide, and 6 cubits deep, becoming 666. It is no coincidence that the image is made of gold. We have already seen the side of the merchants of the earth weeping and mourning 
when they saw the smoke of Babylon the Great during the Great Tribulation in Revelation chapter 18. Gold is at the top of the list of commodities that traders deal in. Let's take a look at Revelation chapter 18 verse 11 through 13. And the merchants of the earth shall weep and mourn over her, for no man buyeth their merchandise any more, the merchandise of gold and silver and precious stones, and of pearls and fine linen, and purple and silk and scarlet and all thine wood, and all manner vessels of ivory, and all manner vessels of most precious wood, and of brass and iron and marble, and cinnamon and odors and ointments, and frankincense and wine and oil, and fine flour and wheat and beasts and sheep and horses and chariots and slaves and souls of men. Killing souls has become a trading commodity. Gold is the first on the list. Revelation 17 verse 4 describes the harlot Babylon the Great. And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet color and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls having a golden cup in her hand full of abominations and filthiness of her fornication. Among the ancient Roman emperors, one of the many Caesars always held a golden cup in his hand. They made a coin, and on one side is him holding a golden cup. We have already seen many pictures of a certain religious man always holding the golden cup. Gold is the most precious metal out there. It's the best stuff. Diamonds burn, but gold doesn't. That is why gold is in the power of Satan and also in the temple of God. Even near Jerusalem, the road is golden. It is made out of pure gold like very clear glass. Although we will not fall later in the new Jerusalem, but if we do, we will fall on gold. Gold is a very significant type of metal. Nebuchadnezzar made an image with this and we see its dimensions are 666. And when it is announced to bow down and worship this image, they played musical instruments. Daniel chapter 3 verse 5 shows the six instruments involved in the music. That at what time ye hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, dulcimer, and all kinds of music, ye fall down and worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king has set up. This is not coincidental. There are six verses about the word, the phrase, set up, of the image, starting with verses 1, 2, 3, 5, and 7. Six times the setting up of the image is mentioned. Remember, six is the number of man. The number 666 appears elsewhere in Bible besides the book of Revelation. Second Chronicles 9, verse 13. Now the weight of gold that came to Solomon in one year was 603 score and six talents of gold. That's a tremendous weight of gold. 666 talents of gold was used toward the building of the temple. Then in Ezra chapter 2 verse 13, the children of Adonikam, 666. That's two verse 13s. 13 is the number of rebellion in the Bible. 12 years they served Kedorlamur, and in the 13th year they rebelled. Genesis 14 verse 4. That is the first mention of rebellion in the Bible. The United States of America declared its independence in 1776, but in reality it was treason against England. It was built in rebellion against the British Empire. That's why there were 13 stars on the original American flag at the time. Very odd number. We can use these as a reference that 13 has something to do with rebellion. Moving on to verse 2, we see everyone has gathered for the dedication ceremony of the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. 
towards the forthcoming Babylon the Great, let's all gather together, let all religions unite, let's unite all people of the world. We can see that not only the world order, but all religions are integrated as well. It's their goal to worship Babylon the Great. The Bible says that such religious organization that works in the future kingdom of the Antichrist is Babylon the Great. Babylon the Great inherited the ancient Babylon, but it is even greater. In verse 3, the princes, the governors and captains and judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, and all the rulers of the provinces, including Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, were gathered together unto the dedication of the image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. And they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. If you go to Revelation chapter 13, you will find the Antichrist. The Antichrist is the one who rebels against God. Chapter 13 in Revelation deals with the Antichrist. Even there, it is revealed that the number of the beast is 666, which sets up an image and kills all who do not worship the image. The image of Nebuchadnezzar is a model of the image the Antichrist will set up during the Great Tribulation. Of course, the false prophet sets it up for the Antichrist. Revelation 13, verse 14 and 15, And deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth, that they should make an image to the beast which had the wounds by a sword, and did live. And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. Walt Disney Company made wax figures of past presidents in their exact likeness. They also have a show where the figures open their mouth and speak. Not a coincidence. It will be just like this in the future. God said not to make images or any sort of statues. In Exodus 20 verse 4 and 5, Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them. For I, the Lord, thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. But people have created a lot of images over time. Churches also participate in inauguration ceremonies by creating statues of people who fought for the independence movements. We were told not to make statues or figures, so they are not obeying God's word. Jeremiah 51 verse 34 says, Nebuchadnezzar the king of Babylon hath devoured me. He hath crushed me. He hath made me an empty vessel. He hath swallowed me up like a dragon. He hath filled his belly with my delicates. He hath cast me out. Nebuchadnezzar is a type of the Antichrist. That's why he made an image with dimensions of 666 in order to kill everyone who did not worship it. In the future, God will throw everyone who worshiped the image of the beast into the lake of fire, and no one will be able to survive that fire. The Lord saved those who did not worship the image of Nebuchadnezzar, even if they fell into the fire. But those who worship the image of the Antichrist rather fell into the fire. We are seeing the appearance of the future Antichrist through Nebuchadnezzar. That is why God said, this is Babylon the Great. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you that all your words connect with each other and that through your words, you have helped us to know all things that are to come, that we know when they will happen and how long we have, and that through these words, we watch and pray and prepare for the day of your coming. For these are 
For these words are delight, and we are delight dwelling forevermore, and we know that the day of the Lord will not come as a thief. Father God, just as Anna and Simeon were certain to meet the Lord who was born even when they were old at age and were able to hold the Messiah in their arms, please help us to always be vigilant, waiting for the day of the Lord's coming to meet the Lord in glory. Help us, Lord, that all who belong to this church, from children to elderly, that we may share in that joy and appear with you in glory. As we remain in the word, let us remain in the light, and may we all abide in the light by abiding in your words. Father God, help us, so that no one dwells in darkness, and the day comes upon them like a thief. We thank and pray in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.